Welcome to the Making Connections podcast with your host, Spencer Raposo. This podcast was made to interview current registered kinesiologists in Ontario and talk to them about what they do and where they see the future of the profession going. The goal of the podcast is to get a conversation going about kinesiology as a regulated health profession in Ontario. Each episode, we'll bring on a new guest with loads of experience as an ARKIN that will share their story and any advice for any new ARKINs and kinesiology students about current opportunities in the field. In this episode, I interview Alice Bonsignor, ARKIN and Exercise Physiologist at Cleveland Clinic Canada. Ms. Bonsignor obtained her kinesiology degree from Guelph Humber and there she discovered cardiac rehab during a placement and was inspired to complete her master's at UBC in cardiovascular physiology and oncology. A lifelong learner, she is currently pursuing her PhD at the University of Toronto in an emerging field of cardio-oncology. In this episode, Alice tells us the number one thing to learn if you want to go into this field, imagining kinesiologists in a health liaison role, and how you don't need to be working as a front-end therapist to be an ARKIN. Hello, Alice. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Awesome. So I just wanted to first introduce you to the Making Connection podcast and just say thanks for coming on the show today. Great. Yeah, I'm really excited to kind of dive into kind of what you've been a little bit working on in terms of research and then kind of talking about um, your kind of journey. So in terms of how I want to kind of start is I want you if you just introduce yourself uh, and you can talk about how long you've been in Arkin and then after that we'll dive a little bit into like your background story about how you got to where you are today. Great. Um, so my name is Alice and I have been in Arkin since we became, I guess, a regulated profession back in mm-hmm. two thir- 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been working in the field of kinesiology since about, about 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, my background is primarily in rehab and just working with, uh, disease populations and helping them with exercise mm-hmm. programming and lifestyle management. Awesome. So um, starting sort of from the beginning, I know this is something that we talked about um, on our previous call was how you got to where you are and how you found like that college sort of aspect at the beginning really kind of helped you kind of push to where you are today. So kind of starting there and we'll kind of even earlier, if there's anything that kind of brought you more into deciding to get into like health and fitness Mm -hmm. so um in high school I was more of an athlete I think than anything I played a lot of sports so going into fitness and health after or after high school was sort of a natural progression Mm -hmm. so I did a two-year college program at Niagara College fitness and health um, which was really great experience because I found we learned a lot about like exercise testing and exercise guidelines for various populations. Um, and then from there, I graduated and went on to do the Guelph Humber program uh-huh. here in Toronto. And it was at that point 
that I was introduced to cardiac rehab. Um, I'd heard about it a little bit in college, but then when our placements came up, I decided to start like an agreement with Toronto Rehab mm-hmm. and I was placed there. So I did a four month in, four month internship with them. And then out of the internship, I was hired into like an exercise leader role mm-hmm. um, and then continued with my undergrad thesis at Toronto Rehab as well. Nice. So I was doing a combo role of exercise leader and research mm-hmm. in my third and fourth year of undergrad. Um, decided I really liked research, really liked helping uh, specifically cardiac patients with uh, also comorbid conditions. Mm-hmm. Um with exercise programming and my undergrad thesis was on uh, heart failure in women with breast cancer who were then referred to cardiac rehab. So I decided to apply for my master's and I went out west to work with Darren Warburton, even though I was told by many people that I would never get into that (laughs) lab. (laughs) Um, I did get in, which was really nice. And then, so I went out to BC and I continued with my work in cardio-oncology is the name of the field. So I started looking at early markers of detecting cardiovascular disease in breast cancer survivors. So still staying in cardiac, but branching over into the cancer world. Um, And I also worked on another trial when I was out there called the NEXT trial, which was a cancer support exercise rehab program that sort of followed the cardiac rehab model. And then from that experience, I ended up coming back to Toronto mm-hmm. and ended up back at Toronto Rehab. They, I guess, happily accepted me back mm-hmm. and continued with PhD work again, still in cardio oncology, where I've studied more. Um, like how to identify who pa- what patients should go to cardiac mm-hmm. rehab that are cancer survivors. And then also looking at gaps in terms of cancer patients don't really qualify for cardiac yeah. rehab based off of the fact that they don't have heart disease, but they have really low VO2s and uh, like muscle deterioration and those sort of factors that come for into sure. play. Um, so kind of looking at how do we get these women into support programs such as cardiac rehab. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at. And through that process, I've done a lot of like case management type work. So I worked in uh, the heart failure group uh, at Toronto Rehab. And then I worked with the breast cancer group at Toronto Rehab while doing my studies, mm-hmm. like from a clinical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got hired at Cleveland Clinic two years ago in their executive health program, which is more like exercise testing, counseling and recommendations. Um for a wide variety of populations. Mm-hmm. So I've sort of always had this dual role of research and clinical work yeah. throughout my throughout my degree. Which is awesome because sometimes, or what am I saying sometimes, most of the time people work in one or the other and you're able to kind of mm-hmm. learn and kind of research and kind of use some of that um, stuff you learn kind of in practice with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really great in the sense of, I think I understand rehab programs very well and it kind of fuels back into my, my research and the questions that I design. So it is really nice. No, for sure. So now that kind of we chat about like kind of your background story, where you are now. So I know currently you are, like you said, at Cleveland Clinic Canada as an exercise physiologist um, in the executive health program. And also you're at the university of Toronto. And I know you said you, I just wanted you to touch briefly uh, in terms of what you do 
um, at the University of Toronto, and then we'll go a little bit more in depth after about kind of your role um, as an exercise physiologist. Sure. Um, so I'm, yes, I'm still at U of T. I'm finishing up my PhD, hopefully this December. Mm-hmm. Um, but as part of that, I'm still teaching at U of T. So as part of your sort of undergrad, or sorry, your your PhD requirements is that you also teach 140 hours a year. Mm-hmm. So I've taught as a teaching assistant, but generally I teach I TA courses that have a lab component. So I teach the labs. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, I've taught courses from cancer rehab to uh, what we call biophysical assessments um, and interventions. Um, I've taught sports med, sports psychology, so a wide variety of, of courses. Nice. So that role, I'm, I feel like I'm almost in like a mentorship role yeah, for a lot of for students. For sure. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. And then currently, too. As an exercise physiologist, I wanted to kind of talk about before we kind of talk into a little bit more specifics of what you do um, there in the executive health program, kind of touch base in terms of like, what exactly is an exercise physiologist for any kind of kinesiology students that kind of have an idea, but not specifics. And then um, kind of we'll go a little bit into, I know we talked about the difference between like a personal trainer and then an Arkin or an exercise physiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, um, sorry, I'm just losing my thought on this. Um, okay, can you read, okay, yeah, sorry. Can you just redefine the question? Yeah, no, I was just touching base in terms of if you can kind of explain kind of what, a, what, uh, an exercise physiologist is and how that yeah. may be the same or different than an Arkin and then, um, making comparisons back to like an Arkin versus like a personal trainer. Cause that's something I know we touched base upon. Mm -hmm. So an exercise physiologist um, would be, I guess, what I'd say the same as like a clinical kinesiologist, because I know kinesiologists can go into different roles. Mm -hmm. Um, But an exercise physiologist is really somebody who has advanced training and knowing how to work with people with chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, that's what also sets us apart from being a personal trainer is that we have, you know, at least university level education. Um, we can run advanced assessments. So knowing how to do maximal testing. So like VO2 testing or other testing modalities, such as like critical power you can use, um, and then doing some more advanced strength and flexibility assessments as well. Uh But then also knowing how to interpret those results and then prescribe exercise accordingly. Um, so that's sort of the exercise, I guess, testing background but then also knowing how to prescribe exercise to people with chronic conditions knowing what the contraindications are um and then also there's like the coaching and behavioral piece to it so knowing how to coach people through um, exercise programs getting them to adopt new lifestyle behaviors Mm -hmm. um so again clinical exercise physiologist and a clinical kinesiologist are sort of one in the same Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you're working in Ontario and want to work in a hospital setting, it is good to get the ARKIN certification. Um, And then the clinical exercise physiologist is sort of an adjunct to that, uh, that can give you more specialized training in the chronic disease world. No, for sure. And that's good for any of the listeners that are kind of looking at, okay, yeah, I like want to work in kind of that setting that, like you said, it's most places, yeah, you'll need some sort of exercise physiologist kind of continuing education, but also having that ARKIN um, as well kind of helps um, with people looking for something in that sort of uh, position. 
Yeah, in if you look at if you look for hospital jobs specifically, the the requirement now is that you have your ARCAN because it's considered allied health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the exercise physiology certification is sort of an asset. For sure. Otherwise, otherwise, if you can show like competency in the area, then you could probably still get hired. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. Like if you have the experience, like pretty much practicing as an exercise physiologist in another setting, but just don't have that, but are in our kin, I'm sure um, things will translate well. Yeah. Awesome. So um, now that we kind of chatted about um, that, I wanted to go a little bit more in depth and then into your, your role as an exercise physiologist in terms of um, like, even though, like even before this call, you were, you were on a call with a person um, doing virtual care. Um, I want you to kind of talk about what you kind of do on a, like a daily basis as an exercise physiologist, kind of like pre COVID. And then even if you want to touch base in terms of what you kind of do now in your role in, at um, in the executive health program, kind of in the, post kind of or not post COVID but COVID world where you're kind of also doing virtual care Mm -hmm. so I guess I've been in sort of two different worlds in terms of being an exercise physiologist one being in the cardiac rehab or cancer rehab setting Mm -hmm. where you're doing base or I guess your cardiac techs that do your baseline testing um cardiac technicians they have experience in reading ECGs um so they would do the baseline testing and then um you would then get sort of a caseload of patients. So a typical cardiac rehab program or class, I'd say, has like 24 people in it. So you have a caseload and you then prescribe the exercise to your caseload um, individually, though, obviously, to use their baseline testing mm-hmm. from their VOTs. Mm-hmm. And then you prescribe exercise and you sort of manage their cases throughout like a six month program, for instance. So you're doing exercise progressions, you're designing education and counseling around um, risk factor management, um, goal setting, that kind of idea where so that was that's more hands on patient centered exercise physiology, I would say. Yes. Um, where my role at Cleveland Clinic is more that I see a lot more patients um, over the course of the year. So say I get five or six patients a day. Um, what it kind of looks like in executive health is that we would do, so they'd get a stress test or a VO2 done. Mm-hmm. The stress test would be done by the cardiology department or the VO2s would be done by exercise physiologists. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is good to understand how to read and interpret stress tests because you need that skill to be able to clear people for exercise. Yes. Um, that's the one thing I'd say, learn how to do if you want to go into this field. Um, and then you would use that rec- that information. You'd also do some body comp assessments on them, some muscle strength testing on them, some flexibility testing on them, maybe some power if you decide to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you give them some exercise recommendations and counseling. Um, and can offer like a follow-up service if you want. So it's a very different role than sort of the cardiac rehab case management Mm -hmm. role. No, for sure. And yeah, no, thanks for kind of differentiating the two because like we chatted about like, yeah, working as an exercise physiologist in one setting is is different than another where you're kind of doing a little bit more like coaching with them and like the behavior management. Yes, Um, exactly. No, awesome. So what I want you to do now is I know you've kind of, like you said, been in it since like 2010, kind of looking, starting and always being in some sort of cardiac rehab and chronic disease population. 
I want you to kind of talk about kind of your experience so far and how would you rate your experience so far as a kinesiologist? I know some people in terms of what they're looking for may or may not have it been difficult for them in terms of kind of their upcoming in terms of trying mm-hmm. and um, not knowing what they want it to do. Yours seems a little bit more streamlined. You've always kind of been in sort of the research. Um, but in terms of your experience so far as an Arkin, if like, like I'm sure students ask you the same question, um, mm-hmm. your, your experience so far, and um, if you could share that with the listeners. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm almost finished a PhD and I'm still doing Arkin work. So I think that speaks to the fact that I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um I really like the patient interaction um, and kind of getting that case management um, role and experience. Um, overall, I'd say, yeah, the experience has been really great. Um, I think the biggest thing that you sort of have to do as an Arkin is define your role early on mm-hmm. um, and then start gaining the skill set that you need in that area. So we hear a lot that, you know, Arkins come out of undergrad or even the master's program and they can't find work or it's not lucrative enough. These are sort of the things that I hear from students. Mm-hmm. Um, and my pushback on that is always like, well, you have to kind of figure out your niche and then be um, innovative with it. Mm-hmm. So if you can't find a job in a hospital, then maybe you pair up with a health clinic and you create your own case management program. Um, or if you're lucky enough and can get into these sort of hospital-based roles, um, then that's great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, I found it's it's been really, really good. No, that's, uh, yeah, honestly, like, yeah, what you kind of been able to do has been, has been awesome. And I'm, I know 100% of it had to do with the hard work and kind of you kind of continuing to educate yourself, right? You've, you're doing your PhD, right? So you're kind of learning um, always continues. And that's one thing that people need to understand too, is not just in school, um, but also kind of leveling up their, their kind of skill toolbox, kind of learning new things um, and not just kind of waiting for something to come up. And that's one thing that a lot of students, like you said, don't know what they want to do. So they're not kind of going for one thing. They really need to decide on pick one thing even if they're not sure entirely and kind of just go for it and a lot of other things will come of it too yeah like I really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life I still Mm -hmm. feel I don't Mm -hmm. um it's just I knew that I liked exercise and I knew I liked the chronic disease population so I just continued to make sure I worked in that so say you're interested in more of the mobility stuff or ergonomics or whatever it is like kin is in my opinion, just the base right now. And the, the programs are so different mm-hmm. I find from university to university that you have to be willing to do some continuing education after you're done your undergrad. Cause your for undergrad sure. doesn't, doesn't prepare you for necessarily being an arcan in a specific area. It's no. more a, gen- a general degree. Yeah. And that's one thing, like even how we kind of connected was like that article I wrote in terms of, all the different things you can do with an arcane, like mm-hmm. all those things you, most of them, like you can't do right when you're out of school, like you could go and aspire to do those things and find the pathway to get there. But it's all just a baseline in terms of what you can do with an arcan. doesn't mean that right when you finish school, you write your exam and that's your job. You're going to have to take different routes and try to different things um, to kind of get there. But those are different options. And that's why kin is such a good baseline 
um, for a lot of things, which originally was just even when I was in school thinking like, okay, if you go to Ken, like you can be a physio, you'll be a doctor, a dentist, or some other healthcare profession. Mm -hmm. Um, But just wanted to kind of spread the word in terms of with this podcast saying that, yeah, you can be an Arkin and do a lot with it and wanted to kind of show the different aspects that it's not just like your typical like PTA role that you may see a lot of students do, which is good to start. That's how you learn, Um, especially if you don't know what you want to do. But then, yeah, learning and educating yourself on what else you can do with that kind of um, designation and kind of just go for it and go from there. Yeah, like, I mean, I volunteered a lot. Yeah, and that's (laughs) what a a lot lot of people don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like even in my PhD. So I, when I was in Vancouver for my master's, I case managed out there. And when I came back to Toronto, I still asked to volunteer in our heart failure class because I wanted that experience and to learn how to case manage that population. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that work for free. Even after a master's degree, I volunteered and I learned the skill. Yeah. So I think people have to be open to doing that. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I think it's a, it's a mixture of like knowing your worth in terms of what you can do, but also understanding that y- your need to kind of build those connections, build that network. And what your worth is now is going to be less than later on when you kind of put yourself out there. And so showing your worth and knowing that and letting people know that by volunteering, putting yourselves, putting yourselves into different opportunities to kind of be noticed sort of stuff like that. And that's what a lot of people need to understand, especially coming from an undergrad, like mine, like there was no practical experiences, everything like mine, I had to create and, volunteer and see what I didn't and didn't like and then that's how I kind of got my first job was I legitimately wanted to volunteer somewhere and they're like oh like you can't volunteer like we're actually looking to hire an akin so when we do we'll let you know and then I was like um could I apply instead and the guy's like yeah sure and then the next day I go in for an interview and I get the job all because I just wanted to like volunteer and get to become a better um, therapist become a better student become a better person Mm -hmm. and so I always try to tell that to any of the students that kind of I mentor or talk to too is like, you got to just volunteer. And then even if it's, you're not sure, at least then now, you know, you don't like that and you can cross that out and kind of narrow kind of uh, your path. Agreed. (laughs) So now that we kind of talked about your kind of experience so far, which is positive. um, I want us to kind of, dive into a little bit of where you kind of see the future of the profession going Mm. Um, coming more from your kind of research and exercise phys kind of perspective because this perspective in terms of where the future is going is a lot different for a lot of people like I've talked to a lot of people who are like independent kind of clinic owners and they're kind of not doing as well because there isn't as much public awareness of what a kinesiologist can do in like a musculoskeletal like private care setting Um, Whereas people in like more ergonomic based are doing fairly well, especially with all this work at home and um, COVID stuff. So from the perspective of like a exercise physiologist and kind of your personal views as well, I want you to kind of talk about where you see the future of Arkin and kinesiology going as a profession here in Ontario. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess that really comes, starts at like the education level. Um, I think, this new introduction of having these masters in professional kinesiology programs 
um, I think could potentially in the future become a new norm where like mm-hmm. kin is an undergrad degree and then you go on sort of like being a physio and mm-hmm. you get a master's degree and you specialize in specifically in kinesiology versus physio or OT. Um, and I think that that would really kind of help put us on the map from like a healthcare perspective. Um, and really the difference between, in my opinion, in a kinesiologist or a exercise physiologist and a PT or like a physiotherapist is that we deal with more like chronic disease management, exercise prescription, high performance, like mm-hmm. long-term training where physios deal with more like orthopedic um, sort of acute injury type stuff. So we're more like long-term care where physios, in my opinion, are more acute, mm-hmm. my experience with them. Um, yes. So I think that from an education standpoint, that's where our profession could end up going. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that kins are in this really interesting bubble where we can almost be like a health liaison. Like we're, we can be in a doctor's office and connect patients with like outside resources, whether it be like them needing exercise support or dietitian support. Like we kind of have this chronic disease management mindset almost. Uh, mm-hmm. So in, at least in my world, I could see us going that route. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously being like an aging population, I think that more and more our kids are going to go into the clinical kinesiology roles because there's just going to be a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Um, from my from my world, that's where I, where I see it going. I think there needs to be more leverage in um, making us, I guess, identified within a healthcare system because mm-hmm. unfortunately, like you can you can advertise as a phys- as a as a personal trainer in charge. I don't know, $70 an hour and get it. But if you charge, if you advertise this in our kin, people are like, what is that? And why is it $70 an hour? Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's something for sure that I've been talking to. And I think it was a few um, episodes back from at least these recordings. I I was talking to, I forget who was an individual, um, but who it was, but yeah, we talked about kind of having like our kin in your name or being, um, talk being an arkin or a kinesiologist in your current setting. So not uh, just saying you're a personal trainer or not saying you're ergonomist or phys- uh, exercise physiologist, but putting that arkin in the name or saying that you're a registered kinesiologist. Because I know there is a lot of people out there that are, that are in arkin, but maybe don't necessarily promote it or put it in their name. Um, so people don't know that maybe they are working with a kinesiologist. They just think, oh, I'm working with uh, an athletic therapist or a trainer sort of stuff. So I think one thing too is having the whole profession as a whole kind of make sure that they kind of promote themselves as an arkin, so people are able to see it in all different various settings and then get com- more comfortable with the name. But I feel like that like a kinesiologist, people have a general idea about it, but obviously don't know exactly what it is because like even if we were to define it, it's so broad. Mm. Um, so it's, it, that's where it's kind of difficult compared to like a physio. It's kind of, you get hurt and you rehab, you know what I mean? And that's kind of more well-known. Yeah. And I, I hope that, you know, the government or yeah, Ontario government, federal government, um, or whoever I guess is responsible for insurance coverage um, can recognize that, we do play a really important role in long-term health. 
So, you know, getting people up and exercising and eating well and, um, you know, quit smoking, like all of that lifestyle stuff that we're able to coach people on um, really does, in my opinion, hopefully save healthcare dollars. Um, Mm -hmm. So just kind of getting more recognition for how we can help the general public, I think is important. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think too, because it's only really, it's only technically regulated in Ontario or not technically is compared to the whole world, right? Mm -hmm. That um, at some point, if it's able to kind of go all across Canada and start to kind of be regulated in other places, then yeah, I can see that kind of going, picking up quicker. Um, But yeah, it is definitely challenging, even when I talk with uh, some different kins that are maybe in BC and how their practice is way different here. Um, Like there, it's more like athletic training um, compared to maybe here where it could be more viewed as chronic disease management. Yeah. So coming from BC, it's like you were hired as an exercise physiologist or like you said, as a personal trainer, you weren't hired as an Arkin. So Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah, so, yeah, at some point, some more, like, unity with it kind of, like, uh, what was I going to say? Unity in terms of it there being, like, one, not definition, but, like, something that kins are kind of known for. And I think that kind of more preventative health um, kind of lifestyle behavior change could be something that maybe kins could be more known for. And then from there, stem off uh, from different things. But as, like, the main... Um, role I can see that being like the main things that kinesiologists can kind of take hold of and kind of be the leaders in that space Mm -hmm. because even if you look at someone that's in like uh, ergonomics or like workplace wellness they're doing the same thing right they're Mm -hmm. they're preventing injury improving health getting people up and moving so I I would agree yeah so just changing of definition in terms of what they do not just saying it's the assessment and rehabilitation and performance but maybe more toward lifestyle change through movement and health behavior changes stuff like that so then people have more of a defined definition yeah or a reason to use us Mm -hmm. no for sure no awesome that was a good chat um so as we kind of finish off the the podcast here um, I wanted to just give you an opportunity here to kind of give any advice or any maybe kinesiology students um, that may be listening or any new Arkins that are kind of like we talked about trying to figure out what they want to do I'm sure you get a lot of um, students at U of T yeah <laughs> so I'm sure you kind of give the same sort of advice so maybe for some of the listeners who haven't uh, interacted or chatted with you what kind of words of advice would you give to that kind of uh, that audience Um, I kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, pick your specialization or at least you don't have to know exactly what it is, but pick what area of of kinesiology you enjoy. Um, You have to stick through it. Like a good paying job isn't going to come overnight. You have to put in the work up front. Um, Be innovative with it and just try and build your network because, you know, the more people you know, the more opportunities that might come up to maybe collaborate in a clinic or, you know, go into education or whatever it is. Um, and then I would also consider doing some additional sort of training. So whether it be going to get like a myofascial release technician or like type certification um, mm-hmm. or like I've done a Pilates certification because I, you know, it's another service you can offer to people. 
Um, <laughs> you kind of have to be open to doing those things, but just kind of stick through it because there are jobs. Um, it is really rewarding work. And once you get some experience and your foot in the door, there's a lot of different areas that you can go into, whether it be like policy or government work or ergonomics or clinical kinesiology, like there are opportunities out there for you. No, for sure. And that's some things that that is good wording for any kind of student that's trying to figure it out, right? Like you really need to just like we talked about, pick something and kind of stick with it that you, you know you enjoy and kind of hopefully you can reap some benefit out of it, even if it's not a job, but some continuing education or, or just networking and that person introduces you to someone else that you get another job or opportunity out of. So it's a lot about just putting yourself out there. And that's what I, I hope a lot of uh, kinesiology students or new Arkins kind of do after they sort of listen to this podcast. Yeah. And honestly, just think outside the box too. Like there's always like, there's like program coordinator or like research assistant um, type jobs as well mm-hmm. that I don't think a lot of students realize are available to us. Um, so maybe if you're not like frontline doing rehabilitation exercise programming with patients, you could still be a part of their care um, mm-hmm. from a program perspective. Um, and a lot of those sort of positions require like an undergrad degree in a health profession, which would meet those requirements. Mm-hmm. So. No, definitely for sure. I never kind of thought about that too, is that it's not just, I mean, you don't have to be directly involved in care you can be indirectly involved, whether that's like you said, like health policy or, or management case load coordinating and such. Awesome. Last thing I wanted to kind of touch base on um, for any of the listeners here, if if there was, I know we touched base a little bit just a moment there, but like a courses that you can take, but if there is any like, different courses that either you've taken that you would recommend to other Arkins or courses that are interesting um, that you would recommend Um, or even if like people places books Mm -hmm. things that listeners would be interested in or things you're currently reading or listening to. yeah so I haven't done a ton of outside certifications just because I've sort of learned through school uh, like mm-hmm. my PhD is my other certifications I guess in a way but I, yeah. did, I did go through mm-hmm. the process for my Pilates certification which I thought was really great I thought it was a good compliment mm-hmm. to working with breast cancer survivors um, mm-hmm. and look for programs that like certifications that specialize you in like cancer rehab or cardiac rehab um, or stroke rehab like there's tons of you know without promoting specific brands but there's you know, in a Google mm-hmm. search, there's lots of different courses that you can go take. Um, mm-hmm. And I like, especially like if you want to work in cancer, definitely go get some sort of cancer certification um, mm-hmm. and learn your, learn your population that way. Because at least when you go to apply for a position, you, even if you don't have experience, if I see that on someone's resume, it tells me that they at least have an interest and have taken, you know, the steps to do as much as they possibly can to learn about that population. Yeah, especially during this time when a lot of people have more more time in their hands. I know I've been going through a lot more webinars and kind of doing some online training and enrolling myself in different things. So students should definitely now take full advantage of that to kind of get those different certifications on your resume that that kind of, like you said, show your interest in that area so people know that it's not just you're just applying. Agreed. Awesome. So I want to just say... 
thank you so much for kind of coming on the show today. You were an awesome guest and I know this will bring a lot of value to a lot of the listeners or kin students or new Arkins that are kind of thinking about this field and um, wanted, wanted to know a little bit more. Cause I even know for me myself, this was pretty um, good in terms of, I learned a lot from this because myself coming right out of undergrad and practicing just more as like a clinical Arkin in like more of a physio setting. I didn't really know too much about kind of an exercise physiologist. Um, so it was interesting for me. So I know a lot of the students will be interesting, interested in hearing about this. So I just want to say, yeah, thank you again for coming no on problem. the show. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Awesome. And lastly, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners. Thanks for taking your time out today to listen to this full episode. I look forward to releasing more podcast interviews in the near future. If you know of any other Arkins that would be an awesome fit for this podcast, please email me at makingconnections at gmail.com. Also, if you have any other questions, concerns, um, they can be directed through our email or on our LinkedIn and Facebook page. Both are at Making Connections Podcast. Links for everything that we talk about today will be in the show notes below. Again, thank you for listening and have a great day. Stay safe out there from the Making Connections team. I want to thank everyone for listening today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to the entire full podcast. If you liked what you listened to today and want to hear more, please subscribe to the Making Connections podcast on whichever platform you're listening on now. And remember to like us on Facebook and LinkedIn pages. In this episode, I interview Sarah Snaple, registered kinesiologist, certified professional ergonomist, and co-owner of Pro Ergonomics. Sarah co-founded Pro Ergonomics, an ergonomics consulting firm which was established in 2013. She has more than 14 years of experience working as a consultant and as an in-house ergonomist and ergonomics specialist. Sarah holds a BSc in kinesiology from the University of Waterloo and a certificate in environmental and occupational health from the University of Victoria. In this episode, Sarah tells us how she fell into an ergonomics role, the process to become an ergonomist, and the stigma still associated with being a kinesiologist.